Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? <sighs> worse than last week, or worse than our previous episode, Chris, because I'm not eating a tiramisu anymore. Oh, no. I've exhausted my tiramisu supplies. I'm very upset. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed watching you just slowly munch away through, <laughs> through a tiramisu with a spoon. <laughs> I am disgusting. I really am disgusting. But it's all go in the Donaldson household, Chris. I'm moving house this week. Mm. Um, Everything has to be boxed up. All the computer equipment that I'm using right now has to be boxed up. So once I finish this, everything's going in suitcases. Everything's going down on the M25. I'm going to be stuck in traffic for about three days. And hopefully we'll get there at some point. Normal diet of cholera, like uh, that video game from the 90s. Oh God! Well, in Japan, when you move house, right, you get the these sort of these moving companies that are formidably like incredible. They take care of everything. They like gift Mm. wrap every item of furniture, every item you possess, and have like a team like put it on a van and drive slowly down the road. It's supposed to be. I've never done it, but it seems to be this incredible process. And I've seen a lot of YouTubers in Japan do it. What are you doing? Is it have you got a team or is it just you throwing it in the back of a <sighs> truck and just, driving down the road? Rented a, a mate rented a truck and we're, it's all going to be us. It's all oh, we God. are so stupid. It's all oh, going to be us. Ridiculous. Why didn't you hire? If you can afford a tiramisu for breakfast, why didn't you hire a, a team? Why didn't you hire a company? Because it was like a grand and a half, and I was like, that is just oh. taking the pee, teeing the pee. But what about the stress <laughs> from moving? It would take off a lot of stress, yeah, wouldn't it? True. Well, I've still got to pack it up. So even if like the removal van people came, I mean, they, you know, they, all they'd be doing is putting it onto their own van. So I can do that bit. It's just, you know, it's, whatever you do when it comes to moving house, it's always going to be very stressful, no matter what you do. That's true. It's not entirely fun, <laughs> is it? I have a rule where I try and stay in one apartment for three years or more in Japan. Yeah. It's just not fun. And, it's uh, very stressful. I had another rule where I wouldn't buy things to put in the apartment. I try not to accumulate things because, mm. you know, there's that sort of sense of oh, I'll probably be moving again soon. But fortunately, yeah. this most recent time, my apartment's absolutely packed full of crap now. Books, DVDs, lights, equipment, lenses, pictures and photos and teddy bears and toys <laughs> and trinkets. It's going to be a fucking nightmare to clean this damn apartment up. <laughs> oh, God, I'll just leave it here. I'll oh, just, dear. just leave the apartment. Just leave everything in it. <laughs> I think that's why they don't rent out to foreigners in Japan, to be honest. Flight risk. We got a story uh, from uh, Pierce, who says, uh, this is the, the title of the story is the, the Literal Ups and Downs of My First Trip to Japan. Greetings, Chris and Pete. Your recent stories about first-time trips to Japan have been reminiscing about my own in, introductory romp across the land of the rising sun in 2018. Uh, halfway through my trip, I had an experience just outside Hiroshima, which ended up being the climactic peak of my journey, a race against time and a battle with the elements of the Shimanami, Shimanami Kaido. Fantastic. The Shimanami Kaido is the uh, chain of islands across the inland sea beautiful place to cycle right. gotta do it uh, I've been looking forward to tackling the Shimanami Kaido cycle since the first day I arrived in the country and at last my day of reckoning had come unfortunately due to some unforeseen obstacles I didn't find myself on the ferry with my rented bike in hand until noon <sighs> oh it's a bad move it takes at least nine hours <laughs> to cycle um, you, you typically you should, you should start cycling the Shimanami Kaido at like 6am 
any later than that and you're screwed. So just to set the scene, Pierce is screwed. Shrugging it off, I carried on my way, a blissful smile on my face. Little did I know what was to come. Setting off on my ride, I was stunned and amazed by the absolutely spectacular views. In this respect, the Shimanami Kaido didn't disappoint. Um, I meandered this way and that, deciding early on to venture away from the express route, oh God, and end up inadvertently adding 15 kilometres to my path. Um, it was a beautiful day, and I was enjoying the cycle very much, until it wasn't a beautiful day. At around 3.30 in the afternoon, about two-thirds of my way uh, across the strait, where my bicycle had to be returned by five o'clock, it started to sprinkle, and then sprinkle very quickly, and turn into a torrential downpour. There was no time for scenic views. I had to bike fast. Unfortunately, the latter part of the course seemed to be increasingly difficult as I went along. It is. Oh, God. This is terrible. <laughs> forced away, uh, forced onwards by an incredible fear of having to deal with the police through the language barrier should I fail to return my bike in time. I carried onwards, my legs burning like the pits of hell and the rest of my body freezing from the unrelenting rains and wind. After what felt like a Herculean effort to reach the finish line, I firmly believed towards the end that I was going to make it. Unfortunately, as I descended the ramp, on the other side of the final bridge, I realised there was still a fair trek left at the station uh, and I ended up making it there 20 minutes too late. As I wandered aimlessly along the station, exhausted and tired, with no one in sight to ask for help, I eventually heard a voice call out over my shoulder. I turned around and there, amongst the endless sea of locked up bicycles, was an elderly Japanese man beckoning me for, for beckoning me to have a word with him. I sheepishly pulled out the rain-soaked paperwork for my rental, did my best to Japanglish my way into explaining I was late for my return. He let out a heavy sigh. Uh, follow me. I felt like a child <laughs> showing up late to turn in their wrinkled, rain-swept homework. At first, I had to assume this man owned the rental office. Uh, he led me he led me to across the street, but soon realised he could have been anyone. As he entered the building via a spare key from under the floor mat outside the house... Uh, within a few minutes, he returned with another set of paperwork, and a few signatures later, he gently took the bike from my hands. Okay, he said, and he bid me on my way. Oh, never in my life did I feel such relief. Domo, arigatou gozaimasu, and bowing repeatedly as he shooed his hands away at me, as if to say, fuck off. I shuffled my way <laughs> through the rain, savouring each and every drop of, on my face along the path back to Imabari Station. Here was someone, a total stranger, willing to take five minutes of his time I needed in order to spare myself a run-in with the police from my own ignorance and mishandling of a nice day out. The experience left me with a profound sense of gratitude and humility, which I pondered on the train by back while cramming four piping hot onigiri down my mouth with some with some strong zero uh all the best guys be careful when doing the cycle my girlfriend says you should definitely make a video about the pug cafe in kyoto all the best pierce wow <laughs> epic tale of the shimanami cycle yeah, I mean, just do it. I mean, it sounds like he made great time in the end, Pierce. <laughs> I, I'm amazed the guy was like kind of angry. Like it's quite rare for people in Japan to be angry like that. But I guess yeah, it's kind of inconvenient and stressful. Like uh, <laughs> that must have been pretty awkward, though. The guy sort of being like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, why are you like?" <laughs> I don't think that um, the police would be called immediately. No. I think they'd give you a grace, wouldn't they? <laughs> they'd give you a bit of grace. Well, I don't know what you'd do. I guess you'd sort of just have to check into a hotel and then just take it the next day and pay a fine, right? Yeah, or like yeah, a phone definitely. call. So I, feel, yeah. I feel like you're worried too much there, Pierce. Uh, I've got your bike. I'm going to ring, that, ring up the guy. I've got, I've got your bike. got your bike. <laughs> 
what, what a ridiculous reason that'd be to get arrested and deported and <laughs> kept a bike too long because he failed bike to cycle stealer. in the rain. Dear, oh dear. <laughs> well, uh, if you had, if I was going to do the Shimanami Kaido cycle again tomorrow, the first thing you'd need is a lot of energy. And Burger King have mm. released what's known as the Ugly Burger. Uh, and if you look at a photo of the burger, <laughs> it's phenomenally ugly. What do you make of the Burger King <laughs> Ugly Burger? Well, I mean, they've, what they've done is they've got the uh, bread and it's kind of a chunky, misshapen uh, kind of bun. Uh, and they've added cheese and I think onion to the top as well. And it looks nice. Like, I'd love, oh, the ugly beef, teriyaki ugly beef. That looks bloody delicious. I don't even think that's an official photograph as well by, uh, by uh, Burger King. I think that's um, someone's just taken it separately. It's beautiful. Lovely. I mean, Burger King are pretty. I, I, I think Burger King burgers are better than McDonald's. There's no doubt about that. Agree. Although, Agree. In like when I first got here, McDonald's had a campaign where they had like the jewelry burgers, and they had like uh, like these twelve dollar burgers. It was closer to Shake Shack prices for a McDonald's burger, and they had all these like luxury ingredients like caviar and stuff on the burgers. Probably not very good caviar, a bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, the old Bur- the Burger King Ugly Burger. They, the Burger King released a vegan burger last year. I think it was last year, because I remember I hung out with Charlotte, and we did a video on Charlotte's channel where mm. she made me try one, and I was like, a vegan burger from Burger King. Are you mental? And it actually turned out to be really good. Um, what's the name of that burger brand? Is it Beyond Burger? I think it's Beyond Burger, maybe? Yes, Beyond Meat, yeah. I think, I think they, they did a collaboration, and it was really good. Although it later transpired that while the patty was vegan, I think they cooked it in like non-vegan oil. So it was all a bit sketchy. Right. Um, okay. We all got a bit buggered there. We got rumbled by Burger <laughs> King. But um, yeah, this burger looks good. Like the Ugly Burger. They've got shrimp spicy. They've got teriyaki ugly beef. And they've got cheese ugly beef. But I don't know. I, I don't know why they thought ugly. Why is that a good concept? What about that? It's like, it's, but I think, yeah, it's like, it's kind of like our, um, our dirty burgers you get in like Kentish town and well, just London in, in general, like that kind of messy, sloppy looking kind of burger that has got like gravy mm. on it and stuff. It's, it, I mean, it is making me, I, I've not had a term, I've not had my tiramisu, <laughs> uh, this morning. So it's making me very, very hungry. As we said, <laughs> to be fair, I do quite want one now. It looks like someone's <laughs> tried to make a burger. They fucked up the proportion of the ingredients and they hit the burger with the hammer and sort of made it like messed up, but I would still buy it. And what does that tell you about me? Um, we've got, <laughs> got another story this week. An English teacher arrested in Japan for smuggling cannabis oil inside hair treatment bottles. I hope they weren't Natsuki's special brand of shampoo. Um, <laughs> whatever you do, rule number one, if you come to Japan, don't do drugs, don't bring drugs, don't do anything drug-related, because you will I, either end up getting deported or, B, end up in a jail for a long time, and it won't be fun. Um, apparently, well, so while cannabis has become, you know, widely accepted in countries around the world, still not the UK. We're getting there. Still not the UK, even though every one of their mum does it. Uh, it's still, like, very bad to do it in Japan, and um, just don't do it. But some people can't do without it. And unfortunately, uh, one American teacher in Scuba City in Ibaraki Prefecture, just north of Tokyo, helped uh, smuggle some cannabis oil inside some hair treatment bottles. The 43-year-old English conversational school teacher was arrested in April at a hotel in Ibaraki Prefecture. He was found with two kilograms of cannabis oil hidden inside hair treatment bottles. He was suspected of receiving the parcel of smuggled goods at the hotel and planning to ship it out. Um, a search for his home found five more kilograms of cannabis oil 
which re- resulted in him being charged with possession with intent to sell. The value of the seven kilograms comes to 280 million yen, $2.5 million, and it's suspected that he's part of a larger organisation. Um, what do you make of that, Pete? Cannabis oil. I think uh, I think it's, there's probably, I mean, seven uh, kilograms of cannabis oil <clears throat> reaching over um, two, two and a half million uh, dollars. You do sort of think, is that because in Japan it's so rare mm. that the prices are very, very high? <laughs> it doesn't it must seem be, like right? a lot of five kilograms, does it? It must be. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most common uses for cannabis oil? I don't know. I mean, can't you can't you vape it? I mean, you can put it into yeah. pretty much everything, can't you? Because you can cook with it, you can eat it, you can smoke it, you can do whatever you fancy. I mean, it's it's a topic that I've I've always found a bit ridiculous. Right, Japan is a country where smoking is encouraged and drinking, drink mm. lots more, drink, keep drinking, and like the, the, this kind of this, it, it just seems very much at odds. I've, I've speak I've spoken to a lot of Japanese friends about it over the years, and they sort of say, well, the main reason they don't do it is because the Japanese government can't tax it. The Japanese government mm. makes a lot of money from taxing cigarettes and alcohol, right? Um, mm. Whereas weed, not so much. Although if they made it legal, maybe they could. Who knows? But mm. I, th- I feel the country would do a lot better if they did switch to having cannabis instead of bloody sake all day long. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. Who am I to say? I um, <laughs> it, it feels weird when you go to – I remember I was in Amsterdam about a year and a half ago and uh, – inevit- sorry, not a year and a half, but it was about two years now. And inevitably, you know, it's everywhere. And I suppose London, right? Everyone does it on the street corners and whatever. There's, there's barely yeah. a street in the UK where you can't smell it, and then you come here and it's but just I, I think, you can't smell it. I think I think most I think most countries that have it as a legal, uh, you know, a banned substance, contraband, etc. Um, I think they use the cannabis laws. They don't enforce the cannabis laws um, very stringently, but they do use it for a right to search people. Uh, right, yeah. You know, uh, you know, um, going going after people's civil liberties yeah, is yeah. quite a useful tool. One would one would suggest, I would say. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's I mean, it is ridiculous when you know the, the you, you know you you see like um, police constabularies in the UK uh, tweeting out pictures of their haul that they found, and it's like literally just a a, a, a few a few quarters of. <laughs> It's pathetic. It's a fucking plant. Put your knobs away. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing that always I can't, I can never get my head around is how in Japan, and I haven't seen it recently, but I used to sit in bars and like a team from Marlborough would come in and walk around the mm. bar and just give everyone free cigarettes and it'd be mm. a new flavour they're trialling, like menthol flavour mm. or juicy strawberry, cherry fucking cigarette flavour. And they'd be like, which one do you want? And you sort of pick a flavour and they just give it to you for free. And then they yeah. go on to the next person, just hand out <laughs> cigarettes for free. Uh, whilst yeah. we've got rid of all packaging in the UK, right? I think it's blank packaging now, isn't it? Uh, I think so. I, I, again, I, I, I don't smoke weed. I don't smoke, you don't yeah, smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke anything, mate. I don't smoke anything. What would Natsuki say? Um, but I am a ritual abuser of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> we know all too well, Pete. We, all, we know all too mm. well. But uh, it's not going to change anytime soon. So uh, sorry about that, guys. No. If you, if you want to come to Japan, but you like cannabis... Uh, I think that's pretty much the end of those dreams. We'll be back in a minute after this break. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Dawson? We got a message from Chris in the fax machine. Hi, Chris and Pete. My name is also Chris, as if we don't have enough Chris's in the world. (laughs) And I currently reside in Las Vegas, Nevada. I have a request and a question. On an almost daily basis, I think of Sapporo, uh, the Sapporo video where Pete explains uh, Shikan. I humbly request this sound clip be added to the Brunchman website soundboard so I can listen to it when the desire strikes me. Uh, my question uh, is, is Peter Shikan? That's not the question. Um, <laughs> 
Chris asks, uh, what other ways are there to enter Japan long term beyond being a student or a jet? Are there any sort of degrees to strive for, for uh, to increase chances of landing a job in Japan? Thanks for you. Uh, thanks you both for the entertaining podcast I listen to every day whilst working freelance food delivery. Ooh, and the incredibly entertaining videos I watch at home. Chris, mind how you go on them roads, mate. Absolutely. And I, I, I do like I do I support the idea of having you shouting chicken pervert mm. onto the soundboard. I love that True. scene where you're looking through a telescope, uh, or as Natsuki calls it, a horoscope uh, over the city of uh, <laughs> of Sapporo. Um, uh, God, I mean, I, I talked about that in the recent video. Twelve reasons not to move to Japan. There's plenty mm. of jobs here. Um, you can do anything. But it depends on your Japanese skills, right? If you want to work in real estate, you can do it. But you're going to need to be fluent at Japanese. If you want to work in IT, um, Japanese isn't as important. Fluency isn't as important. But there's a lot of foreign companies in Tokyo um, that uh, have English as their first language. So it depends, really. Most people I know end up working as recruitment consultants in Tokyo. Some work in IT. The lucky ones get to work on video game design. Uh, But most people do teach English. But teaching english in japan unless you're doing it um as a sort of to a in a university maybe in a more professional level um your time will be sort of limited to sort of two to five years if it's something like jet or interact so bear that in mind but um mm. yeah i recommend going watching the 12 reasons not to move japan video because i did talk about it there we got a question from denton from rhode island he says hello pete and chris i'm planning my first trip to japan i found plenty of things that i can do to spend my days uh, but i was wondering what are some ways to enjoy the nightlife when you don't drink a lot of stories that i hear in the podcast involve excessive drinking but i don't drink will i still be able to visit an izakaya and have a good time what advice can you give me your sober listener, Denton from Rhode Island. Well, Denton, if you sit at the bar, you can get a free cigarette from Marlboro. They'll come in and I'll give you a strawberry menthol cigarettes for free and it'll be magical. Uh, no, there's plenty of options. There's plenty of options. Yeah. There, it's, it's cup of really, tea. Yeah. Have, a cup of, have a cup of green and tea. And Izakaya pub. Have an oolong in an Izakaya. Have some Kalpis soda. There's loads of options. Orange to be juice, fair, beautiful. To be fair, oolong high is really nice. It's a bit of like mm. short chew mixed with uh, oolong tea. It's got oh, the sort you of have oolong. Um, this is not. No. This is not. Uh, this is not a let's drink alcohol bit. It needs. Denton from Orlando, it needs a bit of advice. <laughs> it's so good. Ah, but oolong is nice. Oolong is delicious. It's so refreshing. Uh, yeah, I mean, cowpiss is nice. There's non-alcoholic mm. beer. Generally, I'd avoid that. Um, you know, there's there's lots of options, but basically mm. just cowpiss. <laughs> just cowpiss. That Delicious. is on the menu more than any other drink, actually, for, for most yep. sort of non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, Melon but yeah, soda. There's no shortage. Yeah, the soda. You'll be fine. Beautiful. Honestly, there's no prerequisite when entering a izakaya in Japan to drink alcohol. The only time it might be a bit awkward is if you go to sort of a dive bar, one of those special sort of whiskey bars, and they're like, what do you want? And you're like, oh, cowpiss. They'll probably throw you out the window. Um, yeah. Other than that, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, we got an, a message from. Not actually got a name here, but uh, whoever it was, History. I'm sure did uh, a lovely uh, message. Uh, hey, curious Chris and palatable Pete. I enjoy the fact they've written palatable uh, as if I belong on a pallet rather than I am palatable. Uh, I came across this video on YouTube, and I wonder if you've seen this Japanese game show before. It's Takeshi's Castle on Speed. A game shows like this still made. You should enter one uh, and make a video on it. Love the show uh, and your videos. Keep up the good work. And they've, uh, they've they've appended a little video of what can only be described as the Wall of Boxes. And it looks like it's been filmed about a million years ago. <laughs> it looks really good. 
Yeah, go on YouTube, mm. type in Wall of Boxes, crazy Japanese game show, lol. That's the actual title of the video. It's got 155,000 mm. likes, bloody hell. And um, <laughs> uh, it's a team of people just sitting on a wall of cardboard boxes and people have to sort of knock them off the boxes. It's no Takeshi's Castle, but it's thoroughly <laughs> got an 80s look to it, hasn't it? This is definitely from the it's, 80s. It must be. Yeah, it's like they've got this, like, this tank that's firing sort of uh, projectiles at this wall of boxes and everyone sat on the box. And I think, is it, I, I mean, I presume for every question you get right, you knock the boxes uh, below your opponent, but it, mm. I, I, I'm just enjoying the, uh, the guy, the main guy looks like a Japanese Philip Schofield with a nice uh, tie. <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd highly recommend checking this out wall of boxes crazy japanese game show you won't be disappointed this is this is japanese tv at its best if only it was still like it and not just a lot of people saying wow this food's delicious keep the stories questions comments coming in to the abroad japan podcast at gmail.com we'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again guys and keep an eye out for um the third episode of Jenny across japan an episode in which we Ride a horse, go in a cave with a horrible insect, <laughs> uh, crawl under the smallest Tory gate in the entire country and stay at the biggest theme park in Japan. And it's a really, <laughs> it's, it's not your average theme park. It's certainly interesting. All that and more in the third episode. But for now, guys, have a good one. Abroad in Japan is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.